This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe, the editor of the magazine. And this week we are talking bad eating habits from chewing with your mouth open to playing with your phone at the table. These are the things we hate and the things that we secretly do too. We're also going behind the scenes of our new June issue and looking at our favourite British classics and giving them the Olive magazine twist. And we recommend three new cookery books for you to try this week. First up, we have Janine, our food editor, and Anna, our cookery writer, joining myself, talking about our worst eating habits. So, Anna, we've had some complaints in the office, haven't we, this week? We have. It just started as an innocent conversation, but, um, yeah, we decided to have a bit of a a rant about (laughs) uh, the crimes against food. Yeah, I mean, there are lots, aren't there? There are, yeah. Um, It's gone from things being put in the fridge, (laughs) there shouldn't be, and things like charming, which was a new word for me. Yeah, I don't know whether I've made this up or um, it's a real thing, but either way, I hate it. Okay, just chumming is chewing with your mouth open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wrote gob down, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's that horrible noise when people sort of cram stuff in and then chew with their mouth open. It's kind of, I'm not, I'm not going to make the sounds because you know what it sounds like and it's it's horrendous and it sends I think we're all, I think we're all on that one. We're all sort of agreed on that one. It's the chewing gum thing, isn't it? It's like the yeah. of chewing gum. <laughs> what else? What else did we think was horrendous? <laughs> Moving on quickly. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to think about it. I've got a bit of a fridge obsession. Okay. Um, I used to live with people who put bread in the fridge, which I just thought was insane. But, but people do it. I don't <laughs> no, know My why. old flatmate used to as well. Yeah, you and it actually just dries out quicker okay um, also eggs in the fridge like if you go to the supermarket and the eggs are in the ambient aisle that means they're not in the fridge um they don't need to stay in the fridge they've got perfectly protected little shells to keep them fresh i mean you wouldn't want to put them next to a radiator but you don't no. need to keep them in the fridge 
Um, and then also my, my other thing is things that are deliberately preserved, like mustard and pickles and tomato sauce, which is just not going to go off because it's got so much vinegar in, putting those and just stacking it all up on the top shelf. Of the I'm not going to lie. I have I all of those <laughs> things in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. It's, it seems wrong to keep them out. It's brown, like cold brown sauce and a bacon sandwich doesn't yeah, work, though. I don't wrong. think it has to be room temperature. Yeah. Although I have to say tomato ketchup is in my fridge. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's different. <laughs> put Marmite in the fridge. Oh, think no. Well, that, how Marmite can you spread it? It's never gone off. No. Marmite. I, I reckon you could probably get a... There's going to be burial yeah, grounds yeah, with exactly. Marmite in, isn't there? <laughs> For future a generations. A jar of Marmite. It'd be fine. It'd be <laughs> yeah. fine to use. 100%. Um, so, yeah, basically things... Okay. things fridge things of mainly my book bear and I've got one which is slightly irritating is watching people eat cappuccino with a spoon like talking <laughs> off a cappuccino because I just yeah. want to shout at them like it's not pudding yeah. it's a coffee you should be drinking it why are you spooning it into your mouth I, mean, I just yeah. find it really kind of infantile Sorry, sorry, cappuccino. I know we're gonna have lots of like people complaining aren't we saying I do this I do that but I think it's one of those things where if you hate yeah. it it's a proper proper bugbear yeah. isn't it and yeah. it really grinds your gears yeah what, what was your major thing, Anna? So my thing is people licking their fingers one by one <laughs> <laughs> and the noise that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've been known to do that as well. If it's something's really good though and you want to like yeah, save like, every last one. Do it really quietly <laughs> in a corner. <laughs> cover, cover your hand, yeah. Yeah, and um, the other one which probably isn't as dramatic but for some reason eating a pizza with a knife and fork yeah. just, I just think like, just use your hands. It is, if there was ever a food to be eaten with your hands, yeah. that is it, isn't it? Exactly. I was in a pizza place the other week and they, they just gave you you know, it wasn't a knife and fork, they just gave you like a cutter to cut the pizza yeah. up so then perfect, you know, that's that's a mouth size bit that you just fold up and shove it exactly. in that's what that's what it's designed for. and if it doesn't exactly and if it doesn't stand up and it's really sloppy then that's not a proper pizza anyway exactly. you need so to be able to hold it, it up <laughs> yeah yeah this is not good enough okay what else we had some great ones in the office as well okay. um sarah the sub editor and drinks writer hers with cutting spaghetti with a knife Ooh, I mean, on the plate yeah. chopping it all up yeah that's yeah some, yeah you should practice it's <laughs> like needles isn't there i feel like there's something like almost um criminal about it because yeah. if you cut it in someone's bothered to cook it exactly yeah just, <laughs> just reducing it to yeah. yeah not good then just scooping it up with a spoon <laughs> yeah not yeah, ideal so other one which she's obviously got a thing about cutting yeah is cutting up all your food and then eating it so i think what she means is basically cutting everything into small portions and then eating eating it rather than yeah don't you know, faff yeah don't but that's a bit yeah. that's a bit of a faffy fuffiness yeah um and we had a cup Strangely, given that we're a food machine, <laughs> uh, people were against using phones during meals. So I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah, because I always whip my phone out, <laughs> usually for reference. So I yeah. know, you know, if I've had too much wine, the next day I can go back and like, just chart myself, yeah, yeah. what the meal was yeah. that I had. Yeah, I think it's fine. I. I think it's acceptable if you have it upside down, i.e. you're not looking at it, you're just using yeah, it as a exactly. camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's the only time yeah. it's acceptable. And a quick snap. Yeah, you know. but no texting sort of mid-mouthful. I don't mind. Obviously, we all have to take pictures when we're eating, and, you know, even when it's not a work thing, I'm still going to take yeah. pictures. But it's when you put it on Instagram and then you keep updating and yeah. seeing Ooh, how, how many, many likes, likes have I got. Yeah. Yeah. Just eat the food, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Take it, put it, put, 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 put the phone away. I've heard yeah. a rumour that there's a famous blogger who often let, um, makes his guests wait oh God. for up to half an hour while he takes the food. Oh, pictures. my God. No, no yeah. names, no names. No. <laughs> 
I couldn't say who that was. That's the thing, you need to live in the moment, don't you? Because food is meant to be eaten at that temperature that it's served at if you're in a good restaurant and they know what they're doing. But so it would be awful to let it go to ruin, wouldn't it, just for a good picture? I've got an Instagram account, but a lot of my pictures are not, um, you know, tip-top Instagram. They're more just kind of, oh my God, look at this burger. (laughs) I know. It's kind of slightly blurred. Yeah, I I make so many typos. I'm like, oh my God, it's great. And I've got grease on my fingers from eating the burger as well. And yeah. But I think that's fine. Yeah, I think we're all a bit too involved in the food to actually spend 100%. hours trying yeah. to make it look beautiful. Okay, I, I had quite a long list, didn't I? I know what was. <laughs> you actually got the yeah. longest yeah, anyone. Cutlery. Cutlery. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't even talking about it sends shivers through my soul. It's when people um, like bite down on their cutlery so you can hear that kind of tinny sound with each mouthful. Yeah, and horrible. Yeah. I used to have an ex-boyfriend that did it and I used to hate it so I hope he's listening <laughs> that is why I'm not with you anymore yeah yeah that was that was horrendous I think the um, spoon's the worst when oh, they turn the spoon over yeah <laughs> yeah oh it's actually making me send slight shivers through myself um and yeah not putting it's a lot to do with cutlery actually and yeah not putting your knife and fork together when you're finished eating as I, I used to work as a waitress yeah. for like decades decade um and yeah I think that's really rude because you don't know whether people no I know and it's it's such a simple thing so especially if you're in a restaurant or even around somebody's house I think it's really do you find yourself reaching over yeah like someone else's (laughs) close that now yeah and also I hate I've got loads of my own worst eating habits but I hate it um when I see people eating and walking at the same time yeah because I just think one you're gonna get indigestion (laughs) And two, two, you can't possibly be enjoying it properly. That's yeah. when food is like a fuel thing instead of a pleasure thing, which, yeah, really annoys me. I've, I've done it with a banana after a, like, seven-mile run, but I, mean, I think yeah. that's allowed, isn't that it? That is allowed. <laughs> I'll let you off for that one. Um, what else have we got? So one of some of mine were I sniff everything before I eat it. I, I think that's I think that's reasonable. I proper I get my nose in there, <laughs> get involved, have to sniff everything, because I think, you know, like, Smell is like 80% of taste. Do you do that taste. really annoying gesture that chefs do where they kind of waft, waft it the end. towards them? Mm. That's what really <laughs> No, no, I just pull my hair back, get my face <laughs> right in there and have a, have a good sniff. Um, yeah, before I eat and photograph everything with my phone, which is rubbish. Um, and not quite as bad as a blogger, but I do tend to like move a plate slightly if yeah, it looks we, slightly we've better. All, we've all, we've all bit. styled it a bit, you know, we have to, but I think, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. And the final one I'm going to do, which I think all of us are bad at at Olive, is ordering too much. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. absolutely. It's so hard when you eat a res- uh, go to a restaurant and see these amazing things on a menu to not want to try absolutely everything. No, I agree. I mean, that, I mean, that's what doggy know, bags were invented for, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And we're, we're greedy people, but it, it benefits everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, cool. So if you guys have any bad eating habits or if you know of any ones that really bug you, make sure you tweet us, uh, Facebook us, or email us, or send us uh, voice memos and thing and we can maybe do a part two of this because I feel like this is just the tipping point of all the horrors <laughs> against <laughs> yeah. against food humanity um okay cool thank you so much guys that was great no thanks next up Janine and I talk about our favorite cookery books this week so this week we're looking at a few new cookery books that have come out that have caught our eye for various yes. reasons. Because um, we get sent so many, don't we? Yeah. So they have to be pretty I mean, special for us. Yeah, to... we literally get, you know, maybe a dozen books 
every couple of weeks. So, you know, sort of wading through them, trying to find things in there that we really like and we might we might like to feature in the magazine or just a book that we want to recommend that someone should buy mm. and cook at home. So the first book this week we're looking at is called The Kitchen Shelf. Um, Eve O'Sullivan, who's one of the co-authors, actually used to work at Olive. Ah, a good pedigree, yeah. So she started her career with us. Um, since then, she's gone on to write a book about... Um, Heavy metal and bacon, which is <laughs> check do. it out, bacon black. It's brilliant, <laughs> amazing. Um, and then along with Rosie Reynolds, um, who also worked freelance for Olive for a while, um, she's written a book called The Kitchen Shelf. Um, and the collaboration is based on the idea that you have these heroes in your kitchen. So they've picked like ten hero products, and then you have this stocked store cupboard, and basically you choose a hero item. Um, two fresh ingredients and something from the store cupboard and you've got like a wealth of meals so it's a great kind of recipe book for people who are either just starting out cooking or they may feel like they're sort of in a bit of a rut and they want to sort of um, have all the tools at their disposal to make to make these meals yeah um but you know it's going to be they're going to be kind of talked through it by um by rosie and eve um and it, it's a great book um it's actually featured on uh food 52 and i think they wow they, they went to america and with it as well so, so cool it's really cool well it's kind of like that capsule wardrobe idea isn't it is that yeah, you only exactly. need like a few basics yeah. and then you can make some amazing yeah. meals from and them. i absolutely love the idea that you only ever have to go and buy two fresh things because that, that's the sell really for me yeah. is that you know we are a lot of us me included do that shopping thing on the way home from work yeah, where you, you think what have I got in the cupboard I've got pasta I've got rice I've got and then you pick up a couple of bits and then you put something together and obviously I'm a I'm a um, food editor and a writer of recipes yeah so it's very, good very, very easy for me to do that whereas yeah. a lot other people really need encouragement yeah. and hand holding so it might just be like have you thought about this and you're like yeah that sounds amazing. I'm definitely going to try that. Yeah. So have you looked at and tried any of the recipes at um, home, Janine? I'm always up for a nice brunchy recipe and there's yeah. this really beautiful chickpea. I'm a big fan of chickpeas. I've always got them in my cupboard. Mm. Um, and it's smashed chickpeas with sort of garlic and herbs and then that's topped with crispy prosciutto <sighs> and poached eggs. And that makes a really, I mean, you know, dinner, brunch, breakfast, whatever time of the day you want to have amazing. it. I think that's a really lovely one. And you'll have those things in the cupboard 100% exactly, won't you? Exactly, so. yeah. So that is quite store cupboardy. But um, they also use chickpeas in brownies, which I'm really wow, interested. Okay. I haven't made that recipe yet, but I'm definitely going to have a try of it. And I can Sounds see cool. how that would work. And also, um, to sort of show you the kind of recipes they do, in the chapter about flour, they've got um, monkey bubble bread, which is an American <laughs> bread. We, we, we've done a recipe for it before, but we did the classic one, which is with lots of cinnamon and syrup and rum on. I was going to say drunken yeah, monkey bread. Yeah, drunken <laughs> monkey bread, we called it. Yeah. Um, and they have done a smoky garlic monkey bread, which is um, which has got lots of smoked paprika and garlic in, and it looks absolutely, you know, you just want to dive in there. And so, um, yeah, definitely one to um, to buy for either yourself if you're looking for inspiration, or definitely if you've got people who are just starting out on their cooking adventure yeah cool well the book i have been loving this week is it's called summers under the tamarind tree and it's by samaya usmani um she's uh originally from pakistan and she's actually if anybody read our may issue we featured her as our cook like a local writer so she gave a really wonderful introduction to pakistan cuisine um and she and she does that in the book too and gave us some recommendations of where to eat if you ever travel out there and an amazing recipe too but the book is just it's just beautiful. Um, it's kind of 
obviously all of the recipes you get about 100 different recipes based yeah. on Pakistani cuisine um, but then you also get kind of this memoir side as well so you have gorgeous pictures um, from from where she's grown up because um, she moved over here about 10 years ago and was a lawyer and then started blogging about food to kind of highlight the real um, specifics of Pakistani yeah. cuisine. And it's it's a really interesting type of food because you have, it, it's a country that borders so many different countries. Yeah. You have Iran, Afghanistan, India, and China. So you've got all of these different influences. And on, it's nice that she's like focusing on a specific yeah. place and a specific <clears throat> type of cuisine rather than just saying this is, you know, and I think a lot of new books out do that. And it's great to kind of really focus in on it. Yeah, well, it's nice to kind of become a semi-expert through their eyes on, on the different things. I mean, the rice recipes were a really good example of the kind of different influences. So there was this gorgeous uh, Afghani lamb uh, rice dish which had sweet and sour raisins and carrots. And then there was another one that she called her Mummy's Nutty Saffron Rice, which, good. yeah, so good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, obviously gorgeous yellow rice from the saffron. And then you've got uh, crispy onions and pistachios and almonds, which is so, so good. But the recipe we featured in our May issue, which you can still download via our app if you didn't get a chance to see it when it was out, is Dahi Baras, if I'm pronouncing that right. I hope I am, Samaya. Um, they're basically soft lentil dumplings which are topped with yogurt and tamarind. So you've got that really sour flavour, the cooling of the yogurt. Um, but the, the interesting thing about these is that you fry them and then you dip them in water wow. um, and kind of squeeze out the excess water. So they're really soft, um, which I thought was a really, really nice idea. And she sort of gave a bit of extra information in the book. Um, yeah, apparently that was what her, her mum said to do, which was to, yeah, it ensures a softer fritter. And she said this is a recipe that really kind of evokes her childhood. And that tamarind sauce as well just yeah. looks incredible. I love tamarind. And there's lots of rose, um, which she uses throughout the book as well, and I'm a massive fan of rose. And it's a really cool book because it sort of talks you through the different um, techniques that are typical to Pakistani no, it's, cuisine, it's the spices. Out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful book to read and have on the coffee table and to actually cook from. Right. And and the writer too um, has an amazing uh, range of spice blends out as well, which I've actually tried before. They're, they're super they are called um, masala monsoon so she has like different garam masalas oh, one nice. with rose petal one with jasmine one with marigold which are, which are super great and I'm actually um, interviewing Samaya um, this month so it's at the Great Piccadilly International Food Day at Waterstones in Piccadilly London so on Saturday the 11th of June from 1 o'clock I'll be interviewing Samaya about her book and um, about the cuisine she's grown up with I'll also be speaking to Judy Jew um, who's a local restaurateur in London who's uh, just had a book out as well called Taste of Korea so um, yeah have a look online um, on olivemagazine.com and on Waterstones website as well and you can find out more details about that but we've got one more book we're going to talk about. Yeah, quickly, or not so quickly, because it is low and slow. Yeah. So it's all about slowness, not quickness. Um, Neil Rankin, um, he's he's pretty big cheese or a pretty big meat, meat man in, <laughs> yeah. in London. Um, he knows all about meat. He's cooked at uh, PitQ and John Salt, and he's currently um, overseeing the food at Smokehouse. Okay. Um, and so, so anything about... Uh, meat he's come up through the whole kind of he knows tons about barbecue he knows tons about big roasts about steak mm. but and he covers it all in this book low and slow and it's all about how to cook meat it's not it's not for vegetarians no there's, there's definitely not, much, not there's not much for you here but um if you want to know about meat then i definitely get get a hold of this book um he um he he sort of covers like I've said, with with his background, because he because he's worked in all these different meat disciplines, he sort of covers all of those 
um, you know, big roast, yeah. barbecue, smoking, um, and gives you so much information about each thing. So it's almost like a textbook of how to cook meat That's as so well. Good. So uh, a proper so, Bible yeah. to have in your. So if you're cupboard. approaching it from from an, uh, a position of no knowledge, then you'll be you'll be safe. Um, and um, what I quite like about it is there's a lot of recipes. For example, I highlighted one <laughs> that I have to, I have to make because I'm a northern girl, and therefore <laughs> a sausage roll speaks to me. Yeah, and to me, don't <laughs> and, worry. Um, and he's done a, he's done an ox cheek sausage Oof. roll, which um, you braise the ox cheek for twelve to fifteen hours until oh it's absolutely God. fallen at a really really low temperature. And he goes into the whole science of you know when you cook things low and slow, exactly what happens to the collagen, how it breaks down, and mm. the meat becomes incredibly juicy. Um, and then he rolls it all up in pastry and bakes it. And I, I mean, mean, it just looks incredible. Yeah, I'm um, drooling. I'm making that horrible salivating noise at which yeah. we were complaining about <laughs> earlier. And also, um, what what I liked about his chip recipes is it's called beef fat fries. So unashamed, even the chips. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice one. I mean, it's a bit. It's involved. You have to. Um, you have to blanch the chips. Okay. Then you briefly deep fry them and then freeze them and then deep fry them again. But he guarantees that these are going to be the best chips ever. And I'm that's quite trying this recipe that's Com- next on my list. Be so, committed, get yeah. involved. Yeah. So I think, you know, any meat fans in your life, go get this book. It, it's got to be one for them. I think that's a really good one for Father's Day. Uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. Brilliant. Wow. That's three books that everybody has to buy this week. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. So we often have... Um, book reviews on olivemagazine.com as well and we've also got a big father's day guide if you are struggling to think of any ideas yeah, to buy your dad there, yeah. yes from food to books to kitchen kit it's all on there and booze obviously um yeah so have a look okay great thank you so much janine thank you now i'm talking with janine about the new british classics and how to give them the perfect olive twist so our June issue is now out at the moment in all good uh, news agents and supermarkets and you can download it as our app as well. It's the Great British Special, isn't it, Janine? Yeah, it is. We've decided to um, yeah celebrate a few British ingredients, flavours, a um, bit of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, starting with the cover where we decided to do this spectacular Knickerbocker glory. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, and we thought what we do is because um, we like to add a little booze to things, you know. We've been named to, yeah. yeah. We thought we'd um, we just sort of soup it up a bit. So we made um, the jelly element is a strawberry and pims jelly, and there's a slow gin and blueberry oh, so compote good. that goes in it. And then the rest of it is kind of lots of squirty looking whipped cream, Yum. clotted cream, ice cream, fruits. So it's pretty, pretty good. Oh, and a maraschino cherry on top. Ofs, ofs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it looks, it probably looks really complicated, but it's actually really simple. All no, the different it's really components, simple. Aren't they? You basically, you make the jelly and you make the slow gin and blueberry compote and then everything else is just an assembly job on the day. So yeah. it's one of those things that you can put together and people will be really impressed. Well, it looks amazing yeah. and it tastes amazing too, doesn't yeah. it? And it, it really stands out. Um, if you guys have a look on the newsstand, and it's um, just this gorgeous glass with all these beautiful layers. And, yeah, you have to try it. It's just yeah, it's absolutely... Cool. And then, um, yeah, so we, we also did a feature inside which kind of celebrates... Um, it, the concept of it was I was thinking about all the flavours that, that are kind of famous, but then how we could twist them a bit. So yeah. um, some of my favourites from that feature are um, brown butter, which is Ugh. used a lot by chefs, but so it's often good. used with, like fish and cake yeah. so it's used in a savoury way um, but I heard of someone doing a brown butter ice cream and thought well how would that work and actually what it adds is this incredible 
kind of buttery, caramelized mm. flavor to the ice cream. And you can't quite put your finger on it, but there's something really lovely about when you taste it and something yeah. kind of evocative of another time, but you don't so quite good. know what it was. Kind of next level salted yeah. caramel. And I'm also a fan of, you know, and we all like a bit of deep frying. Yes. But, um, I, I remember when I was growing up, like croquettes were really, you know, like potato croquettes. Yeah. And different kind of croquettes. And, <laughs> My mum used to be obsessed with deep fried mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's a bit 70s, but you know what? They are, they, they're on smart menus now and they're there for a reason because they're so good. So we did... Um, a really slow-cooked ham hock and pea um, croquette and just served it with English mustard. And that is that is really kind of... That's proper. Um, ticks, a, ticks a nostalgia boxes. Yeah. And then um, another favourite of mine is... Um, uh, we we love eggs. We do. <laughs> and we like to try and get an egg on in every issue. <laughs> um, so... I was thinking about uh, Welsh rabbits and buck rabbits, which is a Welsh rabbit with a fried egg on top. And we decided to do this kind of little riff on a party food where you make a really, you take a really long slice of bread, you cover it with really melty, cheesy rabbit um, oh. filling, grill it, and then top it with tiny little quail's eggs. And so it looks good. so cute. Yeah. Um, if you pulled it out for a party, I mean, or just having mates around for some beers, like people would absolutely love it. Yeah, so, they look proper good. And, you know, it's cheese on toast. What is cheese not to love? Cheese on toast with an egg. You know, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Anyway. So, so good. And we've got lots of other things in the issue as well, haven't we? Yeah, we, we um, I mean, on our back page, which we kind of experiment with different little baking ideas, um, we decided to do our take on a Jaffa cake. So, um, again, we decided rather than orange, um, because it's summer, we do strawberry Jaffa cake. And um, you you have to make a little jelly, but mm -hmm. but we you start with kind of a bought jelly, um, and then the sponge base. I've tried these, and I can guarantee they are like the nicest sort of poshest version of a jaffa cake. I mean, we all love a jaffa cake. We do. It's got the jaffa cake flavour. It's just taken a slightly bit bit higher. It's so, so good. It's just so yeah, gorgeous soft sponge beautiful strawberry jelly yeah. and then this amazing chocolate, chocolate on top yeah yeah. Uh, yeah one wouldn't be enough so. no and again like if you had mates around and served them up that they'd be yeah. proper impressed yeah so we really hit the whole kind of you know all the different sort of flavorings that we think you know make british food as good as it is because it, it was kind of a, a joke for years that you know british food wasn't that great and i think i think that that joke is finally over and we yeah, realize how good, how good it is and i think you almost it sound bad if you say that british food yeah. isn't good now because it's like seriously yeah. are you that behind the times yeah. look how many amazing dishes we have amazing ingredients yeah. and chefs you know and how chefs to use them who are incredible and i think yeah. if you're you know if you think that then you just you haven't been out enough because even the standard of food in in pubs now has gone up so much 100%. you know last year we did a, a feature on how how British pubs have kind of raised their game and how they've moved away from just pub grub, even though we absolutely adore pub grub and we we, we like all the, the pub basics. It's just how how pubs have kind of moved up and not just, you know, not a gastro pub, not like a, a pub that is really a restaurant, mm. um, just just those really like standard pub foods. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think people should get out there and eat more of it. They should, they should. And we've also got a classic recipe in there as well, haven't we? We've got um, a Bakewell tart, if anybody wants oh, to yeah. know Oh yeah, so we've that. got step-by-step -step Bakewell tart and that is with a really lovely fresh berry jam in the bottom as well. So Gorgeous. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, no excuses. <laughs> Celebrate the summer and the Queen's lovely birthday this month with our Great British Special issue. So that's available in all good stores now. You can download it via our free app and you can have a look at lots of our recipes online on olivemagazine.com as well. 
Thank you for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. You can subscribe for free via Acast or iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to review and rate us and make sure you share us with all of your friends on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook and more. And don't forget to tell us what you love and what you hate so we can make it even better next time around. Thank you for listening. If you want any more information, don't forget to head to olivemagazine.com and have a great week of cooking.